Today, I'm talking with Zubeda Anis, uh, Amazon seller. She started private label selling a few years ago, and we're talking about how to boost your organic ranking and really stick it and keep that organic ranking high for your product. Um, and this was a this is one of my favorite conversations. It was it was so fun because she talked about all the different strategies, pre-launch, post-launch, uh, that she utilized to make sure that customers were aware of her product, uh, that 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 the sales velocity early on was high to maintain that organic ranking. Uh, but it was amazing. It was a combination of influencer strategies, social media strategy, pre-launch, really getting some buzz around her product before she launched it live on Amazon to where she got initial sales right off the bat and then ended up getting uh, an Amazon bestseller badge right off the bat in a competitive niche. Uh, and then what she was able to do to maintain that as that badge went away, uh, as organic ranking started to slip later on uh, after Q4, all the different tactics that she's utilizing to make sure that her product stays relevant on Amazon and those sales continue to come in. So let's jump into our conversation with Zubeda now. What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 245 of Two Amazon Sellers and a Microphone. Brought to you by Solozo. And today I'm very excited about our guests joining us. We're going to be talking about what I would call like the holy grail of Amazon is getting your, or <laughs> your product ranked high organically, generating all those uh, organic sales. There's a lot of tips and tactics and strategies, and it can be difficult and it can be easy depending on your niche or your category. But we're going to be talking about that, how to boost your organic growth on Amazon. And joining me all the way from Pakistan today, which is which is awesome. It's late there for you. Uh, but joining me is Zubeda Anis. How are Hello. you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for uh, staying up late tonight over there. Oh, no. That's the usual time. Because of the time difference, I have to stay awake till at least four in the morning so that I can post and all. Yeah. Well, yep. <laughs> You are working hard. That is, uh, that's awesome. Um, but I'm excited uh, to talk to you because you um, are a seller. You're selling private label. Um, you put out a lot of really great content on uh, YouTube you. and TikTok and Instagram. Uh, so that's great that you're giving back to the community. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, I'm really excited because this is always, you know, I talk to sellers every day. They're, they're talking to me about advertising. Obviously, advertising is a huge uh, mechanism for sticking an organic uh, ranking or trying to generate organic ranking. Uh, but a lot of times the expectations of what to expect or how much you have to spend or what all, all the other things you have to do to try to really get a product ranked organically um, can be difficult or can be overwhelming for a lot of newer sellers. Um, so I can't wait to talk about that. But I really want to talk uh, first just about you, your journey. How did you, you can take as much time as you want telling your story, but how did you get involved in <laughs> commerce? How did you, what were you doing before that? And just a little bit about your journey so far as a seller. Okay, for sure. Thing. So first was that I always knew that I wasn't a nine to five person. I knew that for sure. So that was like out of the question from the start. 
but still i wanted to get in in the role i was like okay let's just get there and and then i'll see if i even want to do e-commerce or not so first of all i i have written a book for myself and i've already published it on amazon at 2018 yes so that was my journey number one of having a business but i i couldn't i couldn't commit to that that much because it was a lot because I had my university at that time as well, and then I was shifting and all, so it was just a lot. So I, I have a book, but I don't really have a book, so it's somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. But after that, I, I went to with my studies, I started doing ACCA, that was working really good. I, I cleared four papers in the very first time, so it was, it was pretty good. Then I, I started a 9 to 5 job as well, but then it just wasn't working for me. I was like, I, I'm not supposed to do this. Then there was, there was one colleague that I had and meanwhile i was on my nesting period uh, it was it was a call center and in that call center there was a nesting period for three months in between and that person was really joyful and we were like how can you be so joyful in the morning and he was like i just got 10 orders from amazon and i was like what it, it's like eight in the morning mm -hmm. and then he introduced me to amazon but then he was doing retail arbitrage so he, he told me the concept about that and so i was like Amazon sounds interesting, but not retail arbitrage. Then he told me that there are many other business models. You should definitely look into that because you're clearly interested in that. So it started around 2019 that I got interested in Amazon. And then I slowly started learning about that. But then I got promoted and then I was like, okay, this is going good. I'm working nine to five as well. I'm getting promoted every now and then. I, I became a team lead and then I was going for the manager's job. But then I was like, I'm not supposed to do that for the long run because I couldn't I couldn't just understand how am I supposed to do for the whole time. So I was like, I need to do something right now. So I I didn't got I didn't accept the promotion. And they were like, why? You you wanted that. You were pretty happy when we told you about that. And I was like, I was happy, but something happened in the weekend and I don't want to go for that. And they were like, okay. <laughs> so I stayed there, but I learned about Amazon and then I had it was a long journey because there were many sleepless nights. I used to learn about Amazon the whole night for six to seven months. And then I used to go to my job at eight. And then I used to come back at seven. And then I used to rest a little, eat a little. And then from eight till six in the morning, I used to do everything that I could about Amazon. So that was a long journey. And those six months were really hectic for me. But then I got my brand, I customized my product. And then when, and that's, that's one thing that I wanted to tell you that my product was Amazon's number one new release within the first two weeks. And I didn't even know that that was possible. I thought that Amazon would give you a stamp of being Amazon's number one new seller after an year or so when you're getting organic ranking or when you're getting organic sales every now and then. That's when that happens. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, this, this seems to be working very well. And then after a week, I was like, I, I told my job that it's getting a little bit hectic. I can't do that. I need to sleep a little, so I can't do that. And that's when I quit my job. And then I started doing e-commerce for the full time. And then I started my YouTube channel. And then everything's been about e-commerce after that. The rest is history, as they say. The rest is history, yep. <laughs> okay. There's a lot to unpack in there, uh, and I want to I want to go through it. Um, so, when you were writing your book, okay, that was was that through KDP on Amazon? That was yes. Okay, so you self published through KDP, which is a, a that's a that's another avenue people don't talk about all the time, and and ways they don't even making, know. Yeah, so my wife is a children's author. So she's published 
three books on Amazon through KDP as a children's author. Um, and it was interesting because at that time I was, I was already um, have been a private label seller. And I was like, I wonder, <laughs> how much, I wonder how much crossover there is. And there's a lot like the advertising platforms, the same um, it's trickier to advertise, but uh, you know, there's not much profit margin. Uh, oh, no. Clicks are high. <laughs> the keyword distribution is very bizarre on for book as opposed to like a jump rope or a dog bowl. It's exactly. like what keywords are people searching for ch children's fiction? I mean, and then, <laughs> then you get like, oh, there's, oh, there's a, a million comp competing products for this keyword is really exactly. tricky and different. Um, it is. But that process um, that opened your eyes up to sort of a, a business model where you can put effort into a product and then yeah. it sells. And yeah, I, I would say that is. Yeah. And it's KDP is interesting also, cause I mean, it's print on demand, so you don't have to buy any inventory up front. Exactly. Um, there's, there's a lot of creative strategies I've uh, toyed around with in, in KDP, but so then you got, um, then you finished school and you got your job and then you got introduced to the private label model. And so you were, you were researching and say, clearly if you got a uh, bestseller badge right off the bat, your product research was spot on. You must, <laughs> you must have, you, you were not going into a very competitive niche. Am I right? Or was it pretty competitive? Um, no, I would say, I would say it was in between. So I'm selling a kid's toy. So that is competitive, right? Sure. But the thing is I'm selling a kid's toy that's in a gated category. So a lot of people skip that. So that's competitive, but not competitive as well, because a lot of people skip the gated category. So I was like, okay, I can do this. And then I just changed two or three things. And then it was a whole new product. So I was selling the same thing that was already selling on Amazon, but it was completely different. So when people saw that and I advertised it like six months before it even started. So I created a lot of hype. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like a TikTok famous product. So it wasn't that, but it was somehow, it, it was a trick or I would say I was just advertising a lot. And just because I created that hype, as soon as I released the product, everyone just bought it. And since Amazon saw that everyone was buying it in the very first week, they just gave me that badge. And I would say that that, speci that specially helped me a lot because I, that was a scam from Amazon. So everyone just trusted my product anyway. So that was a really good thing. And I would say that it stayed there for about three to four months, but then I wasn't, my product wasn't any release anymore. So they removed that tag after that. But then the ranking just worked after that, just because I would say because of that badge. If it wasn't there, I wouldn't have that ranking, I would say. Okay, let's go into that too in more detail because that is another thing. <clears throat> um, again, I talked to a lot of sellers. Um, they'll do all their product research. They'll pick a product, they'll launch it, but they'll have skipped all of the really important work that you did where you're pre-promoting it, where you're building it, this intrigue around this product that's about to be released. And that transitioning into our conversation about sticking an organic ranking is so critical because if, if you can get good sales velocity early during that honeymoon period that Amazon, I know. and then that's just going to make a huge difference. If you're, if you're going in and just putting up a product and all of a sudden it's there 
Nobody knows about it. It's way down the rankings. It's going to be a long journey to really stimulate that sales velocity. So what kind of advertising were you doing to pre-promote your product? Okay, so I would I would tell you that it was so simple. I I'm telling you that I never even thought that that was possible. I didn't even know that was reality. I was just doing the best I could do. So I was just using Instagram, TikTok. I wasn't even using Facebook, but I worked with I would say three to four influencers. So they created the hype, and when I launched my product, that's when I told them because I talked to them that I want you to advertise this product two or three times before before it gets launched, and then I want. Influencer number one to post it two days before it was getting launched. Influencer number two to post it a day before it was getting launched. Influencer number three to post it the day it, it gets launched and another day as well. So there was, I would say, a strategy that I used, but that worked for me. And I created the hype beforehand anyway. And even with Instagram and TikTok, the more you post, the more consistency you get, the more views you get, and your product gets out more. So I was just posting continuously. I was posting three or four times a day on TikTok and that worked out for me. And I wasn't that much active on Instagram, but the influencers helped me. So that was the thing. I was active on those two platforms because I knew that these were the two platforms that could help me the most. So I just worked on that. I didn't do any of those complicated stuff of going to rebate key or Facebook marketing or that that whole chain of Facebook messages. Or I didn't do any of that because I, I couldn't do that. I had the job as well. And I was like, I'll just get started with this and then I'll see what happens. But then it worked for me. So I was like, I'll just stop at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep doing this. Yeah, so that was that. Okay, I really want to dig into this um, because I, you that's exactly the right methodology is, is <laughs> to really promote ahead of time, build that list of potential buyers, hit them when it's, uh, released and boom, you've got this, the sales velocity. How did you, how did you find these influencers and, um, did you have to pay them or were they like micro influencers where you just sent them some product or what did those relationships with the influence influencers look like? Okay. So I would say that I chose the influencers strategically as well, because so the thing is that I see a lot of people, they sell their products in the USA, but they choose any influencers that they see, such as if someone is living in Canada, they just send their product to them and ask them to influence that. But the thing is that they are the influencers, they would find the products and if you're sending them the products, they would accept that. But the thing is that your audience in Canada would not be able to buy that product in USA. So that is why it doesn't work for a lot of people. But I found my influencers in USA because I was about to sell my product in USA. So their customers could buy my product easily. People can in Canada can always buy my product, but the, the import duties and taxes are a lot. So obviously people won't buy that from there. But the thing is that I found influencers in USA. I found two micro influencers and one influencer had around 20,000. And that influencer posted the day it was launched and after that as well. So I would say that that worked out for me because I was confused in having that influencer post behind. Uh, two days behind, but I was like, no, it, it has to be that influencer who is posting at, at the very last, so that worked. But the other influencers, I would say, one influencer, I paid one influencer that had obviously 20,000 followers, but the other two were micro-influencers, they were happy to post my content, but I did send all three of them the product. So it was like, I, I did pay one, but I didn't pay the two, but I sent my product to all three of them, because they they had kids as well, because obviously my product was a kid toy, so they, they need to have kids. So that, but I I found them I found them just because of that. So I would say you need to find influencers 
for your product product's niche not because you dislike them because that wouldn't work for you that would work for you personally because you might build a very good connection with them but it doesn't work for your product so why would you go with them <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> influencers is i mean it's becoming more and more critical more people are on social more people are getting their cues um they want to be involved in that tribe of people or whether it's moms with kids and or whether it's toy reviewers or whoever they want they want to be in there so they'll take that advice and those cues from them but i'm a big fan of micro influencers anyway um you know number one they can be free or a free product yeah. number two they're really trying to build their own brand so they're excited to work with you they're excited yeah. to have more stuff to talk about uh and number three their audiences are very curated they're they may be they may be small but they're yeah. they're people that are very interested and you don't need a big audience i mean a couple exactly. thousand a couple thousand people is going to get you a lot of sales on on that exactly that first launch especially when it's like they feel like they're getting in the game early they're going to be the first mm -hmm. with this toy they're going to be exactly. um yeah that i that what we just covered is gonna, is is huge for anybody who's listening. Um, no matter what you're selling, really, exactly. but, really try to push it early. Exactly, but there's a thing as well. A lot of, I mean, there are influencers, but you have to look at their conversion rate. You have to look at how many people are engaging in their product. Because I did look at one influencer, and I was really happy with their following numbers. They had somewhere around seven thousand followers, and but the thing is that they didn't have that much engagement. Now, if you don't have that engagement, my product wouldn't be seen that much. I mean, I looked at the views, I looked at the comments, and then and then I looked at the likes. It wasn't that much. They had that following, but I, I don't know if, if the followers were bought or anything, but I would say the engagement rate didn't work for me. So I didn't want with that influencer. And I would say that this is what a lot of people don't see. They see that it's 7,000 followers. She's not charging me anything. Let's go with her but you're not doing yourself any favors with that. You have to make sure that you're looking at everything. Now, I know that it gets a little overwhelming. It it, it, it got a little overwhelming for me as well, but it, it it was worth it, I would say. So that is one thing that a, lot, that a lot of people don't see because I do get comments there. Like you post about posting your content on social media, but I'm just getting one view. And I'm like, are you posting it every single day? Are you posting three posts? Are you, are you, are you trying to create any relatability in your content? And they're like, I'm just posting videos about my products. I'm like, how can it relate to your customers? You have to make sure that it's relating to your customers. You have to work with influencers. You have to spread out the word because word of mouth works really well as well. So influencers would obviously do that once you give them the product. But other than that, if, if I'm selling a kid's toy and one of the mom likes my product, she might as well tell that to everyone in the park. So that might as well work for me. So you have to make sure that, first of all, your product is worthy of that. Second of all, you have to make sure that you're finding correct people to, to send out the word. And you just have to look into everything because it's your business. If you have, if you have the whole community, then obviously you can, you can spread the word. You can be like, okay, you do that, you, you, you do that, you do that. But if you are the only person, then you have to take care of everything. So that's what I would say is something that a lot of people get a little bit overwhelmed with. Absolutely. Do you continuously, uh, are you continuously now working with influencers still to maintain momentum or was that just for the launch? 
No, I would say I, I'm still working with them, but not that much. I would, I, I still work with influencers, but that like, that's like one influencer within two months. I just posted because I have a following range of my own anyway now. So I have, I have like around 8,000 of my own on Instagram. On TikTok, it's about 4,000 to 5,000 of my own. So I'm like, I'm okay with that, but I yeah. still do work with influencers. So you became your own influencer of your product? Kind of, yes. Yeah. Yes, I would say that. Is So do you have um, separate channels for like your product that you're promoting as well as your Amazon tips and strategies and all the content you're putting out? Yes. And yes. So the thing is that I, I had some strategies about that. I was like, once I create a channel of my own of Amazon tips, I would then introduce my product and all. But the thing is that it got a little tricky because I had, I always have PPC of my own anyway. So then my PPC conversion rate was dropping because then people were just looking at my product just because what I'm saying and is it working or not. So I was like, okay, I need to stop that. So I just discontinued talking about my, my exact product. I still talk about that. I give tips related to that, but I don't just tell anyone my exact product because it wasn't working for my business. If it was working for my business, then obviously I would have continued with that. But obviously then people were, they were just curious. They were like, okay, let's see what the product is. And it was, I was like, what's happening? It, it worked for me beforehand. So what, what is it all of a sudden? And then I remembered, I was like, yeah, I posted about that. So I had to discontinue that. But the thing is that you need to have different business accounts for everything. Sure. If, even if you're just posting about books, you need to have a different account for that. You can, because you, you can't just combine everything, according to me. It, it works for a lot of people, but I, I don't think it will work for me. No, I agree with you entirely. And I, I had the... A similar circumstance where I was talking a lot about my products uh, yeah. to people in the Amazon space, and and a lot of people are cagey about their products anyway. They you know, oh, if I talk about my product, people are going to copy it or sell it. Or <laughs> I don't really have that that fear. But the one thing that does happen is if you talk about a product to a community that's not going to be a buyer of your product, but a community that's going to be interested in your Amazon strategies, they all go look. <laughs> and exactly. your conversion rate just plummets on the on the exactly. product. It's like okay, I yeah, I had a, <laughs> a similar pivot early on to um, okay, let's let's keep my channel <laughs> separate to my product audience. Um, so that's a good exactly. tip for anybody who's going to try to start talking about strategy and help other sellers. <laughs> they will they will definitely look at all of your stuff uh, exactly i mean i mean i'm not being cagey about my product i'm i'm sure. happy to give the tips around and i'm giving the tips i'm telling you that if someone wants to sell a product on amazon make sure you're differentiating anything that you can if 20 sellers are selling a product in black color you can just sell that in blue it will differentiate enough because if you're seeing a black a page of whole black products and if you're selling a blue product that's different and that's a difference anyway but make sure you're just not differencing it in that way. But it's one of the difference. So I would just say that differentiate your product in any ways they can find. But I can't just sell my product because, again, that's with the PPC rate. So I'm not Katie, but I would say I'm a little bit Katie, but I'm not Katie as well. But I'm Katie for the good reasons, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I agree totally. Um, okay. <clears throat> so you mentioned you, you did your launch. You got the badge, which is fantastic sales are coming in. Uh, but when the badge went away, you started slipping a little bit. What did you do at, at that point to protect that momentum and the ranking that you had achieved? What did you, what strategies did you start implementing to make, to make sure that sales continued and you kept that higher organic rank? 
Okay, so as far as organic is concerned, the organic rank decreased a bit because after I after the rank after the whole stamp of Amazon was removed, I increased my PPC. And since I increased that, I was getting more sales with that. But then I made sure I was working with influencers as well. And that's when I started working with influencers, influencers a little bit more. I worked with three influencers in that one month. So that helped me gain my organic rank back. And as soon as I started seeing that I was getting organic rank anyway, I started decreasing my PPC again. And I, I was just working with both. And as soon as I saw that I was getting like 80% of my sales organically, I started decreasing my PPC a bit. And that's when I just got the momentum, I would say. And I'm, I'm just doing that after then. I haven't, I haven't removed my PPC campaigns at all. I've just decreased the daily budget because I didn't want to spend that much on PPC because I can spread, I can spread out the word by my own anyway. So I decreased it. I'm still running the campaigns now. So I'm, I'm still getting some sales with that. I would get like four or five sales in a day with PPC, but I'll get like 15 by my own. So I still have that, but I still have organic rank as well. I still work with influencers every now and then. But at that time, specifically, I made sure that I was working with influencers. I would work. I was working with BBC and I introduced a coupon as well. I introduced I worked with a lightning deal as well. So because of that coupon and that lightning deal, I was getting more sales anyway. So I did everything I could to increase my sales anyhow. And that worked because I got sales anyway. So this is one thing that, that I would like to tell a lot of sellers. The thing is that they wait to see if they might as well get more sales. You don't have to do that on Amazon. You have to be proactive on everything. If you're not getting sales, if it's been two days, that's it. You don't have to wait for another day. You have to make sure that you're working on that. So if you're not getting any sales and it's been day two, at day three, you have to make sure that you have launched a new coupon or you have to make sure that you have a new lightning deal or just, just start working with a lot of influencers or make sure that you're doing anything that you can. Change your listing, optimize your listing, optimize your PPC words, change your pictures. I change my pictures a lot and I see that no one does that. I change my picture sequence a lot, not that much, but I would say I do change that when I'm seeing that I have a decrease in sales, I do change that a lot. And I did that, I would say on around February, I changed that last time on February or March, because obviously the holiday season got over and kids store were, were being sold crazily till January. And then it got a little bit, a little bit slow because obviously why would anyone buy that? Because I would say there were like hundreds there were hundreds of people were buying it in a day. So I did expect a little drop, but it wasn't, it wasn't zero sales in a day. So at, at, I would say at holidays, it got around 50 to 60 on an average. And then the mid of January, I got that. But after that, it, it went like 15 to 20 sales in a day. And I was okay with that. But then I had to make sure that I'm working on my lightning deals. I'm working on coupons. You have to make sure that you're giving your customers more reason to buy your product. So that was the thing that I worked on that. I love this conversation. Um, <laughs> I love it because just, again, I talked to so many people and it's like all their eggs are in one basket. It's like either they're just running PPC and they're wondering why their cost per clicks are going up or why, you know, it's getting, it's getting more and more expensive <clears throat> to keep it there. And I always ask them, what else are you doing? Like PPC is critical. Okay. You, you have to have PPC running for sure. For sure. But it's not going to by itself do everything for mm -hmm. you. And you're talking oh, about no. all you're talking about all the things that are I mean it's a it's a daily like test, pivot, adjust. And if you've it got is. if you've got a if your budget for advertising is $1000, let's say, 
uh, a month or whatever, $2,000 a month is your budget. You can spend that a lot of different ways. <clears throat> you can spend that $500 on a, on an influencer, 500 on PPC, you know, 500 on someone to make social media content for you and maybe get a bigger bang or bigger result than 2000 on PPC or 2001. And you really laid it out really well because it is, I mean, again, this is the conversation and it even goes down to like, are you, are you tracking? Are you tracking where you're ranking? Like, are you, are you slipping on, uh, you know, boys, toys for birthday you know or i know if you are can you put that in your title temporarily or can you do something to to create that lift where you're missing uh you're this is this is fun you're 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 in the weeds but um i know that's right because optimization is the key i would say you you have to keep optimizing your ppc that's for sure i would say that sit down at least two one time in two weeks and make sure that you're looking at each and every key because Amazon gives you the reports for everything. So why won't you look at those reports and see which keyword is giving you sales or which keyword is just draining your profit? If it's draining your profit, why would you even have that keyword in your PPC or even in your listing as well? So that's why I say that to everyone that optimize your listing, your listing and your PPC campaigns at least once in the two weeks. That's like for sure. But if you're seeing that you're not getting any sales at all, you have to do that for sure. But in, in general cases, in a day-to-day -day life for an Amazon seller, make sure you're doing that every every time. I would say just set a day. Every, after every two weeks, you would do that in a Monday. And once you get the habit of that, you can do that easily. It, it doesn't become a job job for you. You don't have to create another nine-to-five for you because you, you have a business by your own choice. No one is forcing you to do that. So if you have that, make sure you're working on that properly. If you're making a job for yourself, then that wouldn't work for you. You might as well get a nine-to-five job for yourself anyway. So that's the thing. A lot of people don't optimize that. They won't even look at the listing. They they would just set it up once and they don't even set it set that properly. They would just put a bunch of adjectives of how, buy this amazing product, buy this amazing, beautiful, successful product. What, what would what would your customer do if your product is successful? What what is the mean of putting that word in your listing? That doesn't help you in any way. So you have to make sure that you're looking at the keywords because those keywords are going to give you the the customers. And after that, your pictures, your pictures or your videos does the work of getting you that sale. But before that, your keyword brings the customers. So you have to make sure that you're bringing in the customers and you have to make sure that once they get to your listing, they buy your product somehow. So make sure your pictures are good. Make sure your videos are good. Make sure your reviews are good. Make sure your listing is that well that as soon as they look at some keywords, they buy your product. So you have to make sure that you're giving them as much reasons as you could. I would see, I, I see that on daily basis as well, that a lot of people would just write 250 words in bullet point one, and they wouldn't have one keyword. And, and then they would say, we don't get any sales. How would you get any sales? You don't have any keyword. Only I would say that only optimizing your PPC doesn't work. You have to make sure that you have those same keywords in your listing as well. And I don't think that's the rule that you have to, keep the same keywords in your listing and your PPC. But that I've, I've just seen that it works for me. So the words that I have in my listing, I have those for PPC anyway. So that's something that I correlate, but I don't think it correlates, but just for my peace of mind, I correlate that. I'm like, if you're advertising for that, you need to have that in your listing. But I don't have the proof for that, but I know that works because it works for me.
Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, if the word's not in your listing, there's a chance you're not even indexed for it and your ads aren't going to show uh, if you're trying to advertise for that. And so it's it's critical to make sure that those, those things are in there. They don't have to be in all the places. They could be on your back end search terms. They could be somewhere. Um, but at least that will get Amazon to index you for those those keywords for sure. But really what you're what you're breaking out, and I think I think there's a lot of crossover, there's obviously a lot of differences, but you know, with what retailers do, with what people do in stores, that I mean, if you think about it, they're they're doing a lot of these things. You see products, they're in a store, and then all of a sudden the retailer or the brand moves it to an end cap. So it gets more traffic. So people are walking by. That's like organic ranking. That's like putting it in a better that spot. Is. You'll see them in a, a a bin that's a on sale. That's a lightning exactly. deal. That's a, exactly. They're they're taking all of the data and they're moving these products around in stores. You're doing the same thing online, and it's a constant pivot. It's a constant approach. And you know, toys are seasonal potentially. You know, they they peak in Q4. Some toys oh, are not, sure. uh, but toys generally go through the roof during Q4. But then. You know, I guess there's birthdays throughout the year and all the different reasons why people buy <laughs> uh, products. But again, that's a very different approach. At, when it's not Q4, people are shopping birthday, you know, so maybe you need to change that. Yeah. And maybe in Q4, you're talking about Christmas present or holiday gift exactly. or whatever else. I mean, there there is those those constant optimizations. I mean, what really what you're laying out is, there is no set it and forget it method. On exactly. Uh, your your exactly. ranking is going to shift and pivot on all these different keywords and you've got to keep, uh, it's a game. You've got to keep playing the game to make sure that you're prominently positioned for the keywords. It that is. You and it, there's nothing more than testing. Um, yeah. So are you doing all of this work yourself? Is this a one person show or do you have any, have you outsourced any of this to, you know, virtual assistants or a team to manage posting on social, manage influencer reach out? Is it all you? No. Okay. So I'll tell you the reason for that. I, I'm doing all of that, but I'll tell you the reason for that. And I am guilty of that. I do want to change that, but I don't want to as well. So you would say that I'm confused at a lot of points, but the thing is that, I would do all of that. I do all of that on my own because I I can trust a lot of people. But the thing is that I would still want it my way. And I know that a lot of people would do it most. I would say they would do it more better than me. But I would just want it my way. So even if I do hire someone, I know I would just change all of that again and again so that it could be my way. So I can't I can't deal with that. I know it's a thing that I I might as well have to change eventually because it still gets a little bit overwhelming, even though I'm doing all of that, but I still have YouTube, I still have my own channel, I still have my own Amazon business. And other than that, I do have a lot of things with that. So it does get a little bit overwhelming, but as 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 long as I could keep it just to myself, I'm happy with that. So that's the thing. Yeah. Because I would say that I did look into PPC managers for for about a month and there were a lot of people and I did talk to a lot of them, but then I was like, you you can do this. I, I didn't say that to them. Obviously, they were pretty amazing managers. I saw a lot of pretty amazing managers. But at the end of the day, I was just finding reasons of how I can't hire them. 
So I was like, that might not work. Because <laughs> I knew that I couldn't be happy with that. They might have been the best PPC managers, but that was just not for me. But well, I do recommend if, if if it gets overwhelming and if you see that you can't do that much work, then at that point, you should hire someone. But as long as you can do that, I would say do it by yourself. Yeah, well, I'll take that uh, sort of back to to my journey and story is I'm I'm similar. I'm very hands on. Uh, I kind of want to control things. I uh, want to make sure things done right. Um, but I feel like that's critical for anybody like you. I feel like you shouldn't outsource something until you understand it yourself intrinsically, because then exactly. you can, then you could, if you were to scale, if you start launching product after product after product, obviously it's not sustainable to do everything yourself with a huge exactly. catalog of products. But in while you're growing, you've defined exactly <laughs> your methodology. This is how I want to do it. That's something that could then be taken over where you can manage them, uh, manage the working and and you've trained them on your exactly, exactly how you want it on to on your go. level. On your level. So I, I do think there's a lot, a lot there. I mean, I can talk specifically about PPC because of Solozo and all the all the clients that I talk to. It's mm -hmm. really helpful when somebody understands PPC then they can actually implement their strategy and kind of back away a little bit, but they understand what's going on. Yeah. It's, it's much more difficult when somebody expects a miracle or expects you to, I want my a cost to be 5%. I'm like, well, good luck. <laughs> uh, let good let luck. me see how that happens. Yeah. Good luck on that. That's really amazing. Uh, if that pulled off, but it's better if they have the full understanding. So, What's what's next for you? Are you launching more products? Uh, are you go what what are what's on the horizon for you? Okay, so okay, so the thing is that at at the five year plan, I do want to have more products. But the thing is that I want to create one product so that the product that I'm selling right now is growing amazingly. I'm seeing more sales every single day, and the thing is that I know that if I start selling another variation as well i would have to give at least six months to that product by its own anyway i would have because in the very start you have to make sure that you're using all of the funds that you have so whatever growth this product number one has i'll have to give six months to that so whatever this product is earning i'll have to give a lot of to this product and i'm not at that point i'm like i want to create this one product so that whenever someone sees that product, they'll, they'll be like, oh, I know that product, that, that brand is selling that product. So I'm currently trying to be at that stage and that will take two or three more years because that doesn't happen easily. So I'm with that product. And even if I launch another variation, another product, I would say, I would just create another variation for that. If I'm selling that at four, if I'm selling that in a green color right now, I might as well sell that in a red color afterwards, but not at the moment because I'm, I'm trying to create that whole market for that one product at the moment. And I'm happy with that. I tried to look into another product, but just the whole search, search period of that whole product, just the customization of that product, because you have to be hands-on for everything for your products. You have to look for a product. You have to make sure that you're customizing that. I do not recommend that you just sell the same product from Alibaba and just sell that on Amazon. I do not recommend that at all. So 
I believe that you have to customize. You need to customize that product in, in any way. So that customization takes a lot of time because there's a lot of back and forth with the samples. You have to make sure that you're that you're telling your supplier exactly what you need to do because you can't be there. If it was in my control, I would be there and I would be like, no, mix that color, do that, do that, but I can't do that. So you have to make sure that you're hands-on with that. Then you have to make sure that your packaging is perfect. Then you have to make sure that your marketing is that you're marketing that product perfectly. So just the start process of that. Uh, with that second product, I was at stage, I would say I I started the customization, but then I analyzed the situation a bit. I was like, I can't give that product that much time because I have to create that whole brand new market for my product number one. So I just stayed this with this one product. But I would tell you that I do have in mind that I would start selling this in more retail stores. I am talking to a lot of retail stores at the point. So I am launching there as well. In a month or so, I will be launching there as well in retail stores. So that's how I want to expand my market with that one product. But even after that, I am thinking of creating a retail store with that, even, even though with Shopify. But I do want to keep that product to myself. And I just want to expand that one product so that when someone sees that, they'll be like, it's, I want to create a brand, I would say. I just don't want to sell the product with that. So that creation of a brand does take time. So I'm a little bit a little bit laid back on that. I'm like, it'll take time, and I know it will take time, but I'll just make sure that it's perfect that way. So that is what's taking time. Well, I love it. You're very methodical. That's great. <laughs> You're, um, building a brand is is the name of the game for sure. Um, if you want long-term success, put all your passion and your heart into building a brand that that customers love, that they can relate to. It'll make anything else in the future that you launch much easier for sure. Exactly. First one. I mean, after that, after I create a brand, I can tell whatever I want. But after I create that level of a brand, because if you see any branded product at the moment, they would create a brand out of that one category and then they would expand to their whole line and people will just buy that just because of that brand name so that does take time but you have to make sure that you're there at the moment if i just add products and add products every single month that might as well work for me but that doesn't work for my brand strategy that yeah. works for a lot of people but that just, just doesn't work for my brand strategy i love it zubeda you're doing great um and <laughs> we this has been, I know, very beneficial for anybody listening, especially anybody listening who's uh, in the early stages of their journey. Just there's there are a lot of things that you can do. And if you're if you're really trying to grow a brand, you want to make sure that you're doing all the things that you talked about. Um, and I know people want to follow you now that are listening in <laughs> on this and see what's going on. Um, so you've got uh, YouTube channel, Instagram, TikTok. I've got all the links in the description. So <laughs> anybody wants to check out uh, the great content that you're putting out, uh, they can go, they can find those links in the, in the description. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. That was, that was really fun to go through. We went almost step by step through, yeah. through, your, through your journey. Um, and I appreciate yeah. it. So Thank in the future, I'm going to get you for having me though. Absolutely. In the future, I'm going to get you back on so we can get some updates on where you are and, and what you're sure. doing now. Uh, but it's it's been a blast. So I really, really appreciate you spending time. I know it's late there in Pakistan, <laughs> uh, but I appreciate the time that you 
you've spent with us going through your journey. So thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for having me. No worries at all. And, it, uh, it was a pleasure being with you. As soon as I got your message, I was like, that's a really good thing. I should definitely be there. And then I scheduled everything in that. So yeah. that was really good. As soon as you messaged me, I knew that I wanted to be here. So thank you for that. Awesome. Well, it was fun. I'm so glad that you you joined us. And uh, I want to thank everyone else that's uh, tuning in, whether you're listening to the audio on the podcast or watching our live streams on Solozo's social media. Thanks for tuning in. If you like content like this, make sure you subscribe to our podcast or subscribe to our social Solozo social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. I go live almost every day with amazing people like Zubeda. Uh, talking about their stories and uh, some strategies and tactics. So if you want to hear more, make sure you do subscribe. Additionally, if you're selling right now on Amazon and like Zubedo is talking about, PPC, that takes a lot of management. Uh, at Solosa, we have the perfect solution for you. Uh, we can fully automate and optimize your campaigns for you. There's a lot of features. Zubeda, I got to I gotta show you Solozo at some point in the future so you can see it. Um, but all the strategies and tactics that she was talking about, uh, setting up your campaigns for launch, adjusting them uh, later on for maintenance or being more aggressive on certain keywords to boost your ranking, all of those can be easily set up and automated through Solozo's platform on top of a lot of account level reporting. So you can see profitability of every SKU, all the breakdown of the fees. There's a lot of stuff that you can utilize uh, through Solozo. So if anyone wants interested in learning more you can go to solozo.com book a demo you'll chat with me we'll talk about everything amazon and we'll also show you the uh, power of the solozo platform so solozo.com book a demo today all right everybody that is it zubeda thanks so much for joining us and we'll see everybody next time <laughs>